Hello, beautiful. This is Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and the recording you're about to listen to is part of the Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. Our intention in offering this class is to give you clear tools and practices that you can use to align with love every day in every area of your life. No one can do your healing for you. You must decide to choose love in every moment to the very best of your ability. Remember, miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. Intend to live a miraculous life of love and share the benefits of your healing and your expansion with everyone because you're one with them. Please pause the recording before the class starts and write down your intention in listening to the class. Partner up with your own higher Holy Spirit self. And please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the class. We begin with a breath of gratitude. We begin with a, a prayer and a blessing here. It's week six of Living a Course of Miracles, and my guest is Tama Keeves. Hello, Tama. Hello. And as we're tuning in here, joining with the Holy Spirit, joining with each other, remembering our true identity, I invite you all to place your hand on your heart and remember that this is where the kingdom is. Love is the king in the kingdom. We're seeking first the kingdom which is within, and we're partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self. We're remembering our true identity as the perfect givers and receivers of love, and we're remembering that we do have a calling. We have a calling, we have a holy purpose, and it's ours to live. It's ours to share. And right now, in this moment, we are dedicating ourselves to having a breakthrough, having a profound realization of the truth that is liberating, it's healing, it's nourishing. So we're joining together for this holy purpose, and we do so lovingly share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we are one with them. We rejoice to recognize the oneness of all life. We rejoice to share and extend to our brothers and sisters in grace and gratitude. We let it be, and so it is. Amen. We are going to rock and roll this class tonight. <laughs> and and so Tama Keeves, 20 years, Course in Miracles, studying, teaching, sharing. At the deepest levels, to the core of her being, she has such a dedication to this, everybody. So she is bringing us this beautiful message of how we can have a breakthrough in terms of living our calling and sharing our gifts and talents in the world in ways that are profoundly healing and nourishing for ourselves and for everyone else. So Tama is the author of This Time I Dance, and many of you I know have read that book. It's all about creating the work that you love. She's just about to publish her second book, Inspired and Unstoppable, and it's all about wildly succeeding in your life's work. So she is our guide and our our helper in terms of really having a breakthrough in this area of our life and living our calling, living the love in our heart through the activity of living our calling. So it's like a, a double whammy in such a good sense. And I think, Tamla, what will help all of us is really to begin with your own personal journey of you were a corporate attorney and then how did you come to A Course in Miracles and to to really shift out of that? <laughs> I think I think I came to A Course in Miracles probably like a lot of people um, through a lot of pain. 
mm-hmm. a lot of suffering and a lot of hope that please God let there be something else. Better um, I had I had again like a lot of people I had not been listening to my inner voice. I had not been following my truth or my light or even knowing what that was. And I had listened to my family. I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish New York family. Mm. And uh, and so very, very distant from <laughs> miracles. And when I was younger, I knew that I wanted to write. That was one of the things I knew. And, mm. you know, my family was like, you're going to write? You're going to write? You're going <laughs> to starve? You're going to write? <laughs> so... That was uh, that was my spiritual training. Was uh, ignore what you love, ignore what you desire, and be practical, be safe. And so I did that. I think like a lot of people, and I I went off to law school, and um, I got accepted to Harvard Law School, and I graduated with honors from Harvard Law School, and I was on partnership track, and. I had everything you're supposed to have in this world that's supposed to make you feel successful or good or right in your bones. Mm-hmm. And I just felt empty. I just felt really, really scared because I felt like, oh, my God, I have, I quote, have it all, everything the world teaches us to have, you know, in terms of security. And I felt scared and empty and meaningless because Knowing now, I didn't have any of it. I wasn't listening to my voice. I wasn't listening to love. And I, I literally got to the point of not wanting to live. I mean, I, I went that far of just feeling like this world doesn't work for me. And, mm. and thank God I got help and I finally got the courage to leave that job and pursue what I really, 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 really secretly wanted to do, which was right. And at that time, because once you leave the world of known security and conventional security and money and all the stuff that had propped me up, then I was very open-minded. Before that, I was not. And uh, that's when I, I, a friend of mine introduced me to The Course in Miracles. And um, true to me, by the way, he actually uh, started teaching it to me, and I was very judgmental of anything spiritual. I was very judgmental. I was like, get that get that stuff away from me. It's weird. You know, I don't want that, you know. And uh, (laughs) then he started teaching it to me without telling me what it was. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And he'd be like, well, it's in that blue book you won't look at. And (laughs) so I made a deal that um, I was going to study that book like an attorney and read it line by line and show him how ridiculous it was. And if I did that, we we would never talk about it again. And I have been reading that book ever since because it blew me away, and it still does. So that's that's how I came to the Course in Miracles. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, we have something in common that you and I haven't talked about, which is I I got to the point where I I really did want to kill myself, like you're wow. talking about. I was yeah, and I was living in New York at the time. Hmm. And um, wow. Yeah. I, I bring it up. I wonder if that's like the entry point or initiation. I know. <laughs> For those of us who are going to be wacky enough to teach this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, exactly. And I believe it was like 1986. Wow, um, very. Mm-hmm. That's exactly when it was. That is scaring me now. Okay, now you're freaking me out. Well, that's what I was getting such a strong sense of it. And um, just FYI. Uh, for me. Yeah. And, and, um, I think there's a real commonality of certainly Bill Thetford and Helen Shookman. Mm-hmm. You know, they were at mm-hmm. a place where they were absolutely yes. desperately miserable. Yes. And they said there has to be a better way. There has to be another way. Yeah. Just, and so I and, think maybe that's the universal cry or help. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and for me, and I'm sure this is true for other people too, but for me, I was so closed-minded or I had such judgments or opinions about right. what was safe or what was realistic or, God forbid, you know, I wanted to look good, you know, like, oh, my oh, God, yeah. please don't make me read stuff like that, please. Um, but then when you're in enough pain and if something really helps you and that stuff really helps you, you know, it's like I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's voodoo. It's working. <laughs> You know, well, it really yeah. was. It's like, I don't care if I have to kill a chicken now. It's working. And thank God I have never had to kill a chicken in the course. So, And now look at us. We're super God geeks. 
I know. I know. It is the it is the craziest irony in the world because I literally have made fun of people like me, so it's karma. <laughs> so it's, so, I had a message on my machine for a while about like trusting the journey, and I had friends from New York that would call me like, "What the heck happened to you? You used to be normal." <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, Gary Renard, he 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 was miserable and he, <laughs> he, yeah. he you know, he's had such a turnaround in his life. I just spent a week with David Hoffmeister. He's had a total turnaround in his life. He used to be yeah. he and Gary used to be super shy. They wouldn't talk. And it, every mm. time I speak to another one of us who have just grabbed mm-hmm. this material and really gone with our whole heart, we've given our whole life over to it. And, of course, yes. we rejoice that we had the willingness to do that. So I, mm-hmm. I really want to – I know we could start chatting and, and – and yeah, and <laughs> we can that. make this so a Jennifer call. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to keep coming back now. So yes, you please. you quit your job as a corporate lawyer and mm-hmm. you, you because you were so miserable, and then you started to write. What were you writing then? So actually, um, a friend of mine at the time just said something that really got me, and that was part of what got me to quit, and then it became the basis of what I started writing about. He said, think about it. If you've been this successful doing something you don't love, what could you do with what you love? And that really opened my mind. Like, that was logical. And so what I started writing, I mean, it's a whole long convoluted Sorry, and I won't go into all of it, but basically what I ended up writing was this time I danced creating the work you love. Of, I was just uh, really obsessed with career transition, really obsessed with how does somebody find a calling or how does somebody stay with it, you know, because you'll be inspired and believing one day, and then the next day when the bell comes, <laughs> you know, you're freaked out. And I'd read, like, all these self-help books and you know, be the five easy steps and the 30 days to your new life. And, and I think, oh, my God, am I the only person on the planet that's, like, failing self-help here, you know, because I'm not getting it. It's not working. So I started I started writing uh, for me. I write the book for me that I needed to read that really helped me with the inner emotions of releasing fear and staying with what I knew and staying with the dream and finding the dream. And so that became This Time I Dance. Mm. Yeah. So uh, this time I dance came out eight years ago, nine, something like that. Yeah, about nine years ago. Yeah. God, and so, how it. did you go from being a completely unpublished author to being this huge success? Like it seemed this rock overnight. star author. <laughs> <laughs> that is the power of the Holy Spirit, my friend. That is the power of of. You know, there's so many things in between, of course. I mean, there were so many uh, different things. But uh, my my best story on this that I always inflict on everyone, because for me, you know, many of us who live the Course in Miracles, you know, we're encouraged to follow that inner voice and to listen to the voice for love. And you do, and you feel peaceful, and you feel connected. But at least for me, there's always this hope or fear, like, but is it going to work in the real world? It's like, okay, I feel peaceful in my room, and I feel connected in my room, but, you know, like, can I really count on this? And uh, the whole time I was writing This Time I Dance, I literally kept hearing a voice, and it just kept telling me to write this book, you know I mean? And I didn't literally, I, I don't hear voices. Uh, it was more of a knowing sense, or just like many of us get guidance. Mm. And I kept... Uh, Every time I was writing, I knew it was the right thing. But then, of course, you know, it's terrifying. And it took me 12 years to write the book. And so there's a lot of stories of up and down, ups and downs with that and supporting myself meanwhile. But, but the best uh, example I have of this work of listening is um, how it got published. Because, mm-hmm. because for me, Again, this whole walk, the whole thing of the Course in Miracles is always teaching is, do I listen to fear or do I listen to love? Mm-hmm. Do I listen to fear or do I listen to love? So love was telling me, just write this book, just write this book. And fear was saying, yeah, that's nice, but you know, how are you going to get in the real world? And I, when I finally finished writing it, I, you know, I researched all the, the options of what people do, and there were all these conventional options of, you know, you've you got to get an agent, you've got to send in a book proposal, you've got to do all these things. And the voice just kept 
you know, suggesting something else and just said, no, just stay with it, just keep writing. So I followed, and at the end of writing the book, um, the voice kept just saying, I kept saying, oh, what do I do, what do I do? And, And it basically just said, just put it in the river, just put it in the river, which my heart and my intuition knew meant, oh, you know, self-publish it. Just put it out there in the world in the stream of things somehow, some way. Um, my fear was like, oh, this is a great plan. <laughs> you know, like you have no money, you know, you know nothing about marketing or distribution, and now you're going to now you're gonna publish a book and put it out there and you know nothing because you're hearing a voice. Uh, but anyway, I did that, and literally four months after I self-published, I got an email that said, your fairy godmother has arrived, um, which I thought was spam. Uh, and I looked at it, and it was from a vice president of marketing and publicity for Random House. Wow. And she had been in a career transition, and she somehow found my self-published book, and she said, this is the most amazing book I've ever read on finding your passion and I want to help you get it published by a major New York house. And she got it to the publisher I dreamed of. It's Tarcher Penguin. And it was amazing. For me, it, it, to this day, it is still my most amazing experience of the power and the love and the strength of listening to that voice because it is so scary for all of us to trust mm-hmm. this genius and this intelligence and this voice within us when the whole world is saying something else. Mm-hmm. But... Had I done it the conventional, safe, practical way, I would never have achieved the success I've achieved. I would never have ended up, I ended up as, you know, they treated me well, I got a great contract, blah, blah, blah. I never would have had that. And it's that's why I'm so passionate about people finding their calling because everybody's got that voice. Everybody's got that genius. And it's about following it. And right in this moment, I can tell, Tama, that there are folks who are listening and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, I've been hearing this message, this voice over and over again, and I've been too afraid to follow it. Oh, Mm -hmm. Tama's calling me out right now, in a Mm -hmm. sense. So for, for someone who's recognizing that, they have a true deep sense of their calling mm-hmm. and they're they're feeling like their heart is palpitating right now at the very thought of following it and, mm-hmm. and there's a despair that happens if we don't follow it so when yes. people are at that point what do you say to them you know i think that's true for everyone and i'm so glad you brought that up jennifer because it's so important because First of all, what I'd want someone to know, this isn't a one-time shot. You know, it's not like you listen to the Holy Spirit or the voice of love once, and that's it. You've got it made. You Thank know, you. it's it's a constant, consistent path. So even while I'm telling you this miraculous story in my life, I can also tell you I still face fear. I'm still scared. I still have to choose to listen to my loving voice again and again. And it's a constant practice. And the Course in Miracles has a beautiful, beautiful section called Choose Once Again. Choose again. It doesn't matter if you didn't do it yesterday. It doesn't matter if you didn't listen to that voice for 20 years. It doesn't matter how many times you said you would and you didn't. Choose again. Choose now. And and it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. It doesn't have to be like, okay, that's it. I've got to do what Tama did. I've got to quit a job or I've got to commit to the book no matter what. It might just be something very simple like right after this call, I'm going to try it. I'm going to listen. I'm just going to take a step because one of the things I cherish about The Course in Miracles is it says this isn't a path of faith. It's not a path that you just have to believe in it and have faith. You have to you have to try this idea. And when you try this idea, it will work. And because it works, it will give you experience, and that will give you faith and strength. So when people are scared, I'd say take a tiny step and ask the Holy Spirit for help. You're not alone in this. I am I am the biggest neurotic, freaked out person on the planet, and I have done this. I am that loved. I am that secure because I have a voice within me that is so strong and so loving and so amazing as do we all. And so I don't think any of us are alone in it. 
certainly uh that's my perception is that really we're all in it together you know and mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that i think pe- takes people out of the game is if they're afraid to follow mm-hmm. their calling they're afraid to really uh, open up to it and allow it to lead them allow the holy spirit to lead them then very often what happens is they'll be sitting on the sofa watching other people on television following their, mm. their calling, and they'll be sitting there with their arms folded across the, their chest going, yeah, look at that. And they'll be judging mm. and judging and judging other people following their following their, following their calling because <laughs> they're, it's really, you know, all judgment is self-judgment, all forgiveness is self-judgment. Yes. So they're... Um, uh, just projecting their own self-judgment out into mm-hmm. the world, and and then it comes back like a double whammy. You know, all judgment I think comes back like a boomerang, and bonks you mm-hmm. on the head. So, it's, and, it yeah. And I was just gonna say, you're so right, and I think it's just also another way to get there because if you don't choose it now, you'll reject it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll, exactly like what you were saying, Jennifer, you'll be filled with judgment or pain or shutdownness. And then it will get to a place of so much pain sometimes because we're that loved, <laughs> you know, that then we'll choose again. It's like, you know, you can choose now or you can choose later. Uh, but what, I, but I'd, what I'd want someone listening to know, because this is the part I didn't know and I know now, and for me is, for me is the most exciting part, is that that calling in you, that whisper, that nudge is spirit, is God. That desire is not some wacky dream, is not some frivolity. It's a presence. It's an intelligence, and it will guide you every single step of the way and the amazing thing about it that most of us forget or i certainly did is i was so self-absorbed with could i do it would i do it what if i'm not a good writer what if i don't make money what if i'm delusional i was so absorbed with all that Mm -hmm. and it never even dawned on me that what i was writing was going to help thousands of people and, wow. and introduced me to a world of human beings who are my soul people, who mm-hmm. needed me as much as I need them. It never even dawned on me, you know, because I was, again, I was so self-absorbed with me, 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 and will this pay my bills? And, and every one of us has gifts in us, and those gifts are not ours. They're not for us. They're for us to give. Everyone, if Jennifer wasn't doing this, giving her gifts and the amazing things she's doing by holding this space for all of us, tens and thousands of people wouldn't be receiving this material. If she had heard that idea and said, well, I don't know if I could do that or should do that. So every one of us who closes off, we're denying the chance that we could have to serve and and also the amazing life. I mean, I... I spend my life now running around the country and the world like at beautiful retreat centers and speaking and things I never dreamed were possible but are, are happening through spirit, are happening through. So, again, if you have that whisper and nudge, there's a whole world in it. And so I'd so want someone to follow that. Yes, I, I. it's so true. Think of, like, if everybody just thinks of someone who's really, really inspired them, uh, imagine mm-hmm. if that person hadn't followed the inner voice. Imagine, <sighs> so for me, I think of, what if Gandhi hadn't followed his inner voice? What if mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr. hadn't followed the inner voice? And uh, I really believe that inner voice is <clears throat> the... Uh, the Holy Spirit, and uh, I think the Holy Spirit is the higher self. And mm-hmm. all right, so now I can feel that there are people who would like to know what is the difference between uh, what it says in the course about our only purpose is to forgive, it's our only function, and mm-hmm. that our calling really is to. Uh, reach the atonement to awaken and what's the difference between what it says in the course and this idea Mm -hmm. of your calling that's a great question and i gotta tell you that question woke me up one night and freaked me out 
because <laughs> I had written a book, This Time I Dance, and I'm running around the country, you know, speaking about it. And, you know, I, I'm a, a teacher of the Course Miracles for 20 years, and I thought, oh, my God, did I just write a book that tells somebody something completely different than what the Course says. So, like, I struggled with that question because the Course in Miracles, in some ways, you know, is telling us, like, exactly like you said, that our only purpose is to accept the atonement for ourselves and to forgive. And for me, what I have finally reconciled is that they are the same exact thing. That the reason I love helping artists and entrepreneurs and visionaries and people do their dreams is because at every single step of the way, they have to forgive themselves. At every single step of the way, they have to let go of whatever block is in the way. You know, The the Course in Miracles teaches that uh, this is all about the removal of the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. It's all about the removal of the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. And so we each have that presence of love. Perhaps we have the presence that says, go right. Or maybe it says, go garden. Or maybe it says, go spend time with your grandchildren. Or maybe it says, go cure cancer. It could say anything. But what happens is we each have our blocks to that. We have our stories. We have our pain. We have our past. Well, you know, I believed in something in 1972 and that didn't work. Or, you know, I was an idiot. I followed so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. Or, God, I'm going to start believing again. We all have that junk. And so for me, a calling is the thing that invites you to forgive yourself over and over and over and to remove those blocks and to tell a new story and to have spirit tell you a new story. Um, Because for me, my calling is writing and speaking and coaching. For me, those areas, and and that's my calling for now, that might shift. My, My only calling really is to listen to the call. You know, that's it. That's a simpler way to say it, is that my only real calling is to listen moment by moment to that voice that's calling me in my life right now. It's taking the form of writing or speaking or coaching. But those avenues I care so much about and I love so much that I will do the work for them. So when I hit my own fears and I hit my own baggage and I hit my own unworthiness, well, for me, what will happen is I'll get an instinct that says, go do X. And part of me will feel like, I can't do that. I don't know how. I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And it will make me call on something larger inside myself and begin to realize, again, that there is this presence that will guide me. So I think it is about accepting the atonement for yourself. It's about becoming free and realizing you are unlimited. There is nothing you cannot do through that presence. Well, and isn't it a judgment to to think that sharing your gifts and talents in whatever ways, you know, baking pies Mm -hmm. or raising children or building, um, you know, uh, houses, whatever it is, isn't it a judgment to think that any of those things is necessarily egotistical because... You know, everything we can use for our mind training, everything we can use for our healing, and that's what we, that's the divine opportunity that we have in every moment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is the ego that, it is always the ego that would deny our calling. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, for me, one of the biggest miracles I had on this path was Again, you know, like I'd secretly known I wanted to write, but I thought that was frivolous or stupid or, you know, some pipe dream or, you know, like in my family, it was like a hippies and beatniks and, you know, crazy people, you know. And so I just like wrote that off. And I remember reading The Course in Miracles and it said, the Holy Spirit is the voice for joy. The Holy Spirit is the voice for joy. The Holy Spirit is the voice for joy. I remember I was on a trail and I read that. I was sitting on a rock and I read that line. And I just had this feeling like, oh, my God, what if writing, which for me brought me joy, what if writing is the Holy Spirit? What if the thing I love, what if the thing I desire isn't wrong, isn't a pipe dream? What if that's God? What if that's spirit? What if that's an invitation? 
You know, and, and why wouldn't it be? Because for me, with writing, just like with other people, with anything they're meant to do, it's the place we tap this infinite resource where we're larger than ourselves. For me, it's the one place where I absolutely feel the presence of God. I absolutely feel the presence of something that is bigger and sweeter than my small, ordinary mind. And so, again, I invite anybody thinking, where is your joy? Where is your joy? Where is your joy? Because that's the Holy Spirit. That's how you know how loved you are and how safe you are and what you're meant to do. Oh, I love hearing what you're sharing. And what I am reminded of is what Marianne Williamson said in A Return to Love, of where if someone is thinking, well, who am I to... Uh, share my gifts and talents with the world in ways that are profoundly fulfilling for me and meaningful for others. Who am I to dream that I could do that? And it's who are you not to? Mm-hmm. Like what mm-hmm. voice would be telling you not to? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I think the way you know, because I get this asked all this all the time. I'm sure you do too. I get asked all the time, well, how do you know which voice you're listening to? You know, Mm -hmm. like, how do you know the voice? Or how do you, Mm -hmm. you know? And The Course in Miracles always talks about it, you know, pay attention to how you feel. You know, pay attention to how you feel. And when you are listening to Spirit's voice, it's peaceful. You know, there's just a sense of peace. For me, you know, I've known that there are times in my life when I'm doing this work where it's like, okay, for this I came, you know. It's like I feel such a deep peace or, you know, like one of my personal definitions of success at this point in my life is if I'm at a speaking event or something and I'm flying home on the plane, uh, I know that if God forbid that plane went down, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm doing what I'm meant to do on this planet. I don't have a doubt in my mind. And to me, that's a definition of success I never had. And so, again, I think we are invited to listen to that voice and pay attention to how it feels because the ego, the limited mind, the negative mind will make you feel contracted, will make you feel smaller, will make you feel scared, will make you feel futile. Um, The loving mind will make you feel safe, will make you feel connected, will make you feel like there's no separation, will make you feel like there is nothing you can't do. And for me, it's a training. That's why The Course in Miracles is such amazing stuff because it's a daily, moment by moment, minute by minute, breath by breath training. And how do I only listen to that one voice? How do I only listen to that one voice? How do I dedicate my life to listening to that one voice and becoming that unlimited presence that I'm meant to be? And don't you think so often the people who feel unworthy of following Mm -hmm. their calling are really the ones who are judging others as unworthy. Oh, always. I think that I think that's definitely corollary and I and I think this is weird thing too. I don't even know if I can explain it, but I think people feel unworthy of living their calling because they're not living it. <laughs> so it's like yeah. meaning people People say this to me all the time, like, Tama, I want to be a coach, or I want to be a teacher, or I want to do what you do, or I want to do X, whatever. And I feel scared because what if I'm not good enough, or I don't feel, I don't have self-esteem like you do, they'll say to me, um, as though I have self-esteem. Um, and what I will always say is, I don't have self, I didn't have self-esteem. What I had was a little willingness to listen to that voice and doing this work has given me the strength. I never had the strength before I did this work. When I thought about doing this, I was scared, I was self-absorbed, I was small, um, but but it was the work itself, it was taking steps towards it that gave me my strength. So I think we feel unworthy because we're judging, whether we're judging someone else or we're judging ourselves, or we're judging God, or we're judging the state of the universe, or we're judging something. And and so we're not doing the one thing that could free us. Like when right. you, if you're meant to sing and you sing, there's some part of you that will know how worthy you are in that moment. Mm-hmm. And you won't know it a second before that. Mm-hmm. 
And there's a there's a beautiful passage in the course, and I don't know where it is, but it says something like, when you see when you see the gratitude in your brother's eyes, you will recognize the value of your gift. When you see the gratitude in your brother's eyes, you will recognize the value of your gift. So very often we don't recognize the values, the value we have, the value we own, the value that we are, because we haven't given that gift, and we don't know the value of it ourselves. But when people receive it, and, you know, for me as an author, again, when people wrote to me saying, oh, my God, this book so helped me, that's when I really started believing, like, oh, well, maybe this really is a calling. So, again, I think anything you can do to give your gift, anything you can do to take that step, that's what's going to give you the feeling of worthiness. So let's say that somebody is paralyzed with fear Mm -hmm. about and they don't even have a sense of what their calling is, or so they think. They're so mm-hmm. in denial about what, whatever is their gifts and talents. And and I want to actually hark back for a second and just affirm what you're saying, because this is profound. This is really profound that your calling is the thing that calls you to forgive yourself and mm-hmm. i can i and i'm sure i will share about this in the homework call tomorrow morning but i know for me i thought for a long time that my calling was to work in the music business and mm-hmm. i had so many forgiveness lessons around that and it wasn't until i really began a deep spiritual practice that i could see i had this completely and totally ego, uh, egotistical attachment to how mm-hmm. my career in the music business should look and theater and all film and all of that. And it wasn't until I, I just put all of that in what I call the holy altar fire of God's love, and I just said, take mm. it off. Say that again, it. the holy altar fire, fire of God's, God's love. love. Oh. Yeah, oh. and I, I just say that all the time. I just put everything that is, uh, a thought of separation or worry, a doubt or fear, oh. every every false belief, I just put it in the holy altar fire of God's love and oh. and I just say, take it, I'm not interested in that anymore. So I stopped yeah. investing in that and I, I turned to, okay, God, I don't know anything. So mm-hmm. I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm a, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, when I thought I knew something, I wanted to kill myself. So now I'm just going to say, I don't know anything. <laughs> I surrender all. And um, that was, you know, that was my being born again of the spirit, really. Yes. And, and it didn't happen like, dun, 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 suddenly the right, light right. came in, and there was right. Moses handing me the missing That's tablet. That's Gary Renard's story. No. That's not ours, yeah. no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, nobody was on my sofa. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get any aliens coming in, yeah. No. No, in fact, you know, during that time it was really it was it was dark. It was dark in my yes. mind. It was dark yes. everywhere. Yes. And uh but there was enough light that I had the willingness to want to yeah. see even though I couldn't see yet. And Amen. so um but all of that egotistical attachment to the things that I thought were my calling provided mm-hmm. me with the forgiveness lessons that gave me the foundation to, <laughs> yep. to yeah and and you know yep. what i say all the time tama is in order to really have a spiritual awakening you must mm-hmm. cultivate true humility so true mm. humility is humbleness humbleness where you recognize you're not better than you are not less than you are not equal to you are one with that is mm. true humility. And so for me, my path to acquiring true humility, and I'm not 100% there yet, but my path to get to the gateway um, was just, it was one humiliation after another. <laughs> and so, yes. you know, because I, I had all these attachments yep. to how I wanted my career to look, yep. and I yep. reached that point of desperation and despair because I couldn't make it look the way I thought it should look. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is at this swirling mass of self-disgust and seeming failure <laughs> and all of that stuff, like you and I got to, mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. wanted to kill ourselves, what? what and is same the, story. 
same exact story because I was following a plan of what I thought I should be. You know, the same exact thing of a corporate lawyer of that's what, you know, that's what you should be. You should be successful that way. You should make a lot of money. You should be blah, blah, blah. You know, and so same thing. And, and it is so humiliating to fail. It is so humiliating. But again, I don't believe we do fail. I believe it's the false self that fails. I believe that all that was false fell away and all that was true remained, just like with you. Well, it's so you're, whatever you're about it takes. To say something, though. No, well, it's whatever it mm-hmm. takes for us to get to the point where we finally yeah. value that which has true value. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, and some people, you know, I'm sure there are people who are smarter than us who just listened, you know, like oh, just yeah. listened right off the bat and didn't have to go do a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I know a lot of people who are smarter than me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but anyway, but, you know, I, yeah. I really think that sometimes I think that for me personally, my my path of humiliation and despair and self-hatred mm-hmm. and all of those things yes. that yes. – it's it's now the years that the, that the locusts had eaten, or so I thought, have been given back mm. to me because I can share with you, yeah. with other people. Yeah. I can laugh about it. It doesn't pain me in the least anymore to think mm-hmm. of it. I'm so grateful for all that suffering because now I've 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 I'm, I'm an alchemist now. I've turned the yeah. lead. Mm-hmm. I've turned the dross into uh, not just gold but diamonds. Yes. And so yes, have you. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So if exactly. there, and it's, and it's what, by the way, I think it's what makes, I know for myself, because I once was so mad at the Holy Spirit, like, why do I have to have so many fears, and why am I a little timid soul, and why can't I be a brave, bold soul like these other people? And and I know it's also what makes me a phenomenal teacher, just like with what you just said. It's like because I have walked through so many yeah. you know, scary or painful things myself and still do, it's what makes me a, a responsible teacher or I can share this from a real place. I'm not on high saying, oh, these are principles, but these are active principles I'm chewing on every single day and using myself. And again, I think when when we teach, you know, because Course Miracles is not about teaching as in uh, sharing principles and just sharing lessons. It's it's about demonstration. It's about using this. It's exactly what you said. It's that alchemy of, you know, becoming something else. So I, I think, you know, if I were looking at your life, it's obvious that you were called to do this and you had to go through all that junk to do it. Yeah, and I, I had to let go of those attachments to... Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. like so many people, I had these pictures in my mind of the fame and the glory and the fabulousness. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that now absolutely, really and truly doesn't mean anything to me. So if mm-hmm. somebody is sitting here listening mm-hmm. to us, um, but they feel like they're sitting in a big pile of poo, and um, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do in their pile of poo, and what, how, how would you say, well, begin here, what would you say in terms of following mm-hmm. your calling or finding it? Well, you know, so two things, I guess. You know, um, there, I'm asked all the time, like, but I don't know what my calling is, and I don't know what it is. And, and I always think that people are asking the wrong question. And for me, the question is always going to be, what do I love? What moves me? What lights me up? What, I'm, what do I want to do right now? And I know people will say, but I ask that all the time. And, and I really think that what people ask is, what do I love that makes money? What do I love that I'm not too old for? What do I love that I'm not, you know, that I don't need a degree for? And so, again, when I said before about, for me, a calling is literally following a call right now. And maybe your call, you know, I have a chapter in my book, This Time I Dance, where it's called The Year of Sleeping Dangerously. Because <laughs> when, I, because when I first left law, if you asked me, what do you want to do? You could do anything with your life. What do you really want to do? All I really wanted to do is sleep. I just wanted to take a nap. I was exhausted. I'd had years of self-abuse. I had years of toxic stuff. And I just really wanted to rest. And that was my calling at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, at the time it seemed terrifying. Like, oh, my God, I'm throwing away my life for, you know, under the quilt. <laughs> Only my cat understands me, you know. <laughs> and, um, but, but so, again, the first thing I would say is it's about following the call, whatever 
what is love asking you to do right now? And it might be something that you know. It might be that, oh, I really have always wanted to paint. Maybe it's, I don't know. I want to take some time off and figure it out. I want to take a weekend. I want to take an hour. I want to, you know, I just want some space in my life. You know, so again, that would be the first thing I would say. The the other thing I would say to people, if you really have no idea what you love, you have no clue what you are, the first thing I would say would be love yourself more. Stop judging anything you think. Stop judging anything you say, and I guarantee you, you will naturally spring into what you're meant to do. My own healing was never about, well, what are the right steps to become a writer? What are the right steps to do your own business? What are the, you know, all of that. I mean, my mind was hungry for that crap, you know, and mm-hmm. like, look at all over it. Mm-hmm. But my own real healing would, was trusting myself and loving myself and nurturing myself and being kind to myself because when I, and that's work, as many of us know, uh, the more I really practice that, that's where my natural instincts came from. Because in, in the work that I do with people, I see this all the time. Somebody will have an inclination like, well, you know, I've, I've always liked reading cards or something. And, and they'll, oh, well, that's stupid. I mean, who could do that? And, and then that's it. They're gone. And so I'd want you to practice unconditionally being kind to yourself unconditionally so if you feel like crap right now it's like then that's okay and be where you there's a there's a lesson in the course of miracles it's one of my favorites and it says let all things be exactly as they are let all things be exactly as they are i'm not trying to change myself i'm not trying to change anything i'm trying to embrace and bless and sink into the dignity and genius of this moment and let spirit heal me in this moment. I'm not trying to shove my life into something else because the Course in Miracles says the miracle is always right here. It's not somewhere else. It's not in the future. It's not when you get a book published. It's not anything. It's right here. And for me, with with that lesson, and it's a hard lesson for me because I'm always someone leaning into the future and planning and goals and all that stuff. And uh, let all things be exactly as they are. It's like, Spirit, I want to begin again. I don't know how to do this. I'm scared out of my mind. I don't even know if I believe in you. I don't even know if I believe in me. But I'm willing. And I'm willing to be exactly where I am. And I'm willing to receive what I receive. And I'm willing to stop judging. And that's a practice. I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying. It's it, it, it's reminds me of one of the things I say is I work for God Incorporated, <laughs> <laughs> and and my job is simply to be loving. That's it. Mm-hmm. If I do that, and that's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yes. It's, it's taken you know many 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 years of mm-hmm. practicing to to get good at it and be willing. Now. Absolutely. And what I what I know with the Course of Miracles is generally a lot of the people who are course students uh, are people who are say over the age of fifty, over the age of sixty, seventy, and even in their eighties. So a lot of uh, what happens is a lot of us once we have um, really cleared a space in our life where we're ready to. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, we're we're not following the ego so much anymore. We really are more surrendered. We turn to A Course of Miracles and other spiritual teachings. So for someone who, let's say they're 65 years old or they're 55 mm-hmm. years old or 70 years old, where maybe it's not about following a calling in terms of a career or something like that, but there are many people who are in their 60s and 70s who feel disoriented or lost or mm-hmm. because people are living so much longer now they feel like oh it's mm-hmm. you have you know your um midlife and now you have it's not even mid midlife now is 55 for some people or 50 mm-hmm. years old so for someone who's um considerably older and and really following your calling isn't a career necessarily right. but what right. would you say to them I I love your words on borrowing at the alchemy of of just that for me I mean this doesn't have to be a career as in making money I do push that part only because 
there's so many people in the spiritual community and the creative community that think they can't make money doing something they love. And I am so committed to shifting that belief because it's absolutely not true and it's disrespectful sometimes to your calling. But um, but for me, living a calling is a way of being. It's an alchemy. It's, you know, again, one of my uh, favorite lines in the course. I say this with every line. All my classes always laugh at me. They're like, Tammy, you said that this was your favorite line. That was your favorite line. So I was like, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite line now. Um, and uh, I love there's a line where it says, when you have met me, you have met the presence of the alternative. When you've met me, you've met the presence of the alternative, and it's capital A. And I believe that that's what we are all here to do, particularly in these times. I think the world is shifting. I think old forms are falling away. And I think we are all being called at every age, at young ages, at older ages, at every age. Mm. We are now all being called to represent that power of alternativeness within us. And that, that for me, that power of alternativeness is the power of love, that we live in a culture that has previously, you know, taught us fear as, quote, practicality and fear as good judgment. And I think we are now being asked to stand as representatives. So where somebody would, would have been judgmental or harsh as the presence of the alternative, we will be loving. You know, where someone else would have been doubtful or seen the lowest in you or the limited in you as the presence of the alternative, we will hold to something else that we know is true for you in you at all times, whether you know it or not. So I don't care what people, you know, The Course in Miracles is also never about the form. It's about the motivation. It's never about what I actually do. It's about why I do it. So I can be a writer out of my ego. God knows I've tried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. God knows I've gone down that path. Um, Or I can be a writer out of love, right? And so I don't think think a calling matters in terms of the form. I think it matters in terms of the motivation of what voice inside myself am I listening to that is stirring these actions, that is stirring this. And so at any age, let your eyes burn with that light, you know, let your heart pound with that love of, you know, giving your gift, being that light, being that love for someone else. And, and the Course in Miracles is all about what we see in someone else. We, you know, we strengthen in ourselves. So, again, thinking about what love do you have to offer? For some people, that is going to be a career. For some people, I want to write movies that are going to change the world. I want to, I want to research, you know, cures to diseases because I believe, you know, that if we change our mental, mental vibration, we can alter the chemistry of, of a bacteria. You know, for, for all of us, it will take different forms, but all of us will be practicing the same exact thing. We will all be listening to the Holy Spirit. We will all be listening to the voice of love. And to me, that is the only calling. And that's, that's an equal opportunity job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, what I hear, too, and what you're saying is be to t- determined to see. Make that mm. your employment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be determined and, to see. You go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the whole piece on motivation, just about 90 seconds before you said it, I wrote down motivation because, (laughs) yeah, and and I was thinking that in the first 25 years of my life, I was motivated by, by, I'll just call it greed, you know, the things Mm -hmm, that the selfish self wanted, Um, just Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, the things that would glorify the body and the personality and all Mm -hmm. of that. And then uh, I reached a point where I literally wanted to kill myself. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I knew I couldn't go any further down that road, but I didn't know what to do. And and that's when the light began to dawn. But still in that point, the thing that was motivating me was really not being miserable. Yeah. And then once I was no longer miserable, I really began to be motivated by love. And just how can yes. it be a loving expression in my own life? Yes. I think that's exactly it. I really do. And I think I think all of us, and that's such a good distinction, because I think all of us come to a deeper spiritual path or a deeper willingness or awareness, probably because we don't want to be miserable. 
I think that's that's the first level is like, get me out of this pain. I will do anything. I will believe anything. I will even forgive my brother if I have to. <laughs> no, just get me out of this pain. And, yes. and then you're absolutely right. Like, for me, very much like, I mean, the Course in Miracles has taken over my life. I never planned for that. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you taste it or when you have an experience of something working, you do just want to share out of love. You know, when you finally heal yourself more, you know, and it's an ongoing process, but when you finally heal yourself more, I think you do come from love. But I think so much about these times, I think we're all being called to do this now, which for me is really exciting, is that I think all of us have this inspired power in us, and we're all called to be the presence of the alternative. And you know, we all have shifts and answers. And, and again, keep in mind, we're all being asked to listen to the voice of the unlimited and to bring unlimited possibilities to this planet. We each represent that. And I get excited thinking about what would this world be like if we were each doing that, if we were each in our own corner, in our own way, just listening to that unlimited love in us and forgiving ourselves and being kind and loving and sharing that. Um, I want to live in that world. Yes. And I can hear some people, you know, hardcore Course in Miracles students will say, well, this world doesn't exist. So. Yes. And it also says that we, the world is left. Um, I can't remember the exact quote, darn it. Um, it's <laughs> left through its translation into love. We leave it by translating it into love. So absolutely, it's not, you know, it's not about so much living in the world, but we are, we perceive ourselves in this illusion, and the way that we, quote, leave this illusion is we turn it into love. We see it with spirit's eyes. We see it with God's eyes. We are so filled with that love that the next step is effortless. Yes. But I don't think it's that we just close our eyes and try to make it go away. Or, yeah, or... We say, oh, well, it's an illusion, so it doesn't really matter. I'm just going to drink a six-pack of Coke and see what's on Right, TV. exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I I had somebody once uh, at a Course in Miracles retreat say, you know, I was sick, and they were like, why did you choose that illusion, you know? And I wanted to smack them and say, why did you choose that one? <laughs> <laughs> really wanted to do that. <laughs> but I'm sure but you forgave them. Because sometimes, unf- yes, I did, uh, eventually. <laughs> um, of you know, I do see that with a lot of hardcore Course in Miracles people that um, that sometimes I think it's a misperception of it's a way of not dealing with reality with what's in front of us. And yes, this may be an illusion, but it's an illusion we believe in. And that's Course in Miracles says that's why the Holy Spirit or the inner ta- teacher was sent to us as the liaison, as the translator, so that we translate this world into love, and that's how we transcend it. Well, that is a beautiful place for us to move to uh, my reminding myself and you <laughs> that it's uh, it's time. The hour has flown by, wow. and mm-hmm. I know it always goes incredibly quickly. And uh, I I know you and I could just have a oh just, yeah yeah forever and ever. So. Um, I, I need to be a good uh, mistress of the class here, mm-hmm. and uh, I know that there are people who didn't hear in the beginning in the pre-class chat, so I'm just telling people, come to the pre-class chat because there's good stuff that's that's talked about, but um, you told us how to get that free recording that you, you've made available for us. You've mm-hmm. made it free just for us. So uh, at your website, can you tell us how to get that again, Tama? Absolutely. Um, First of all, I would just so love to encourage people to join me on Facebook. I have a Facebook fan page, and we have amazing discussions out there. And um, please join me at my website, TamaKeeves.com, and Keeves is K-I-E-V-E-S. And I did do a call. Um, I had a recording that from a previous class that we had charged for that was based on A Course in Miracles, and it was a coaching call where people just called in and asked questions about, well, what would the Course in Miracles say about that, or how do I deal with this? And so when I was thinking about it, I thought, oh, my God, this is, would be perfect to support this community. So um, we are offering that for free, and you can go to my website at 
facebook.com slash miracle. And it's a free download. It's hidden from the public, but it's open to all of us. And uh, if you have any problem, if you have any problems with it at all, just email us at tamakeeds.com because we're always technologically interesting. I think it should work, but if you have any problems, please get in touch with us. So it's tamakeeds.com forward slash miracles. Yes. Yes. Okay, and perfect. it's a free download to you guys. Yes. And your book is This Time I Dance. Uh, this time I dance, creating the work you love, and that is currently out and about, so please enjoy it. And then I have a brand new book coming out. So you should get this time I dance now and read it in advance for you. Know, you shouldn't do anything. You should listen to your inner <laughs> voice. But um, <laughs> I would love you to, though. Um, I have a new book coming out called Inspired and Unstoppable, Wildly Succeeding in Your Life's Work. And it's all about what we've been talking about tonight. And it's coming out through Torture Penguin. And I'm so excited. I just found out that one book club has just uh licensed it and is going to be started ordering it so um and also if you if you do decide to get um inspired and unstoppable you can pre-order it right now on amazon if you do that please email me and let me know you did that we have all kinds of pre-order specials like uh free gifts that we're giving people to thank them for the support stuff so if you pre-order it on amazon um please please let us know and we'll get you some gifts Ooh, that's a nice bonus. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, as though the book itself weren't a gift enough. <laughs> and so it comes out in like six weeks, right? Something. Like I that. know, my God. <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Um, it's definitely my passion. And I, I'm way more open in this book about A Course in Miracles. I, I put it in This Time I Dance as well, so it's all throughout This Time I Dance, but it's more covert, and this time I'm a little bit more overt. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I very, very, very much want people to know that uh, living your spiritual path and living your creative path is so so safe and secure, and that I, I really wanted people to know that listening to the Course in Miracles is it will rock your world on every level. And I've always wanted to be that demonstration that you can be in this world, but not of it. That you can thrive in this world on your passion, but you're doing it a different way. You're living from different principles. Ah, oh, so inspiring, Tama. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and to help us with inspiration, motivation for really uh, undoing the the thought of separation through following our bliss, following Mm -hmm. our calling and and locating it as well and, and giving us all the justification, all the motivation that we need to just put one foot in front of the other, moving in the direction of our inner light. So the the mm-hmm. calling is pre-installed in the kingdom. <laughs> and uh, I know I'm going to be sharing about that tomorrow morning in our homework call. And I'm totally fired up. I cannot wait. I'm going to be throwing back the covers tomorrow morning and jumping out a bit <laughs> to be <laughs> in our homework class. So I just want to thank you. I really love you so much. I'm going to Say a prayer here for all of us to to see. Can I can I can I thank you, Jennifer, before you go into a prayer? Thank you so so much for holding the space for all of us and for bringing the teachers together and bringing the students together and doing the amazing work you're doing on this planet and for the light that you're bringing. That I have the privilege of being able to share this message with so many people through you and vice versa and. Thank you for following your light. I, I really appreciate you, and I'm just wanting everybody to hold that with you and for you because it takes so much work to do this kind of thing, and just to, we thank you. Well, it's my pleasure, and it's my joy. And as uh, I talked about a few times last year, when I first got the idea at the end of 2010 to do the Living a Course in Miracles series, I was in meditation and it just kind of appeared in my mind as a full-blown thing with the pictures of everybody's faces and just it it felt so powerful and potent and uh, and I just said yes to it I said oh what an inspired idea sure I, I, I think that that seems pretty pretty easy to follow and do well of course 
thank God, because if I had ever known how many millions of little moving parts and little mm-hmm. widgy things that needed to be done and how many people would be employed, you know, in order to mm-hmm. produce this whole thing, I, I'm i sure I would have gone back to Spirit and said, have you got something a little simpler? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a yes, but ooh, that sounds like a lot of work, you know, and... <laughs> When the widgy things don't work, I just say to myself, there's your mind training, girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. all glory to God. Oh, mm. thank you, Tama, and thank you, everyone who's listening, because I always say it is the quality of your listening that really pulls it through us. And so, obviously, the quality of your listening mm-hmm. is very strong and I'm so grateful. So let us all place our hand on the heart and remember that the kingdom is within. That truly our calling and everything that's needed for it to unfold is pre-installed. That all of the intelligence is already here. It's already present. And that inspiration that guidance, everything is being added unto us even now. So for each and every one of us, any place in our hearts and minds where we've been holding on to resentment or regret about career choices or creative pathways that we denied or uh, followed and, and made a mess of anything that we have yet to forgive ourselves or someone else for, right now in this moment we're calling forth our own inner fortitude to place all of it on that holy altar fire of God's love and say, I'm done with that. I am much more interested in receiving back all the years that the locusts have eaten and investing every bit of wisdom that I've learned from every mistake, every challenge, every falling down every humiliation and now I'm interested in truly extending and sharing the wisdom, the love, the intelligence, the forgiveness to all my brothers and sisters so that we are all indeed fully and completely liberated from any thought of separation and all we know is our unity and oneness with each other and with God and this is our holy prayer, what I know is right now in the mind of the infinite, it's already done and accomplished. So we rejoice to let it be. And so it is. Amen. This is Jennifer Hadley again. I invite you to remember that your dedication to your life of love is the best gift that you can share with the world. Love is the only healer, and it's always available to you for the asking. Remember, too, that you cannot have that which you're unwilling to share. Share the love today. Love out loud and know that all boats rise on this holy tide of love. Thank you for joining us. Please go to jenniferhadley.com for more tools and practical loving support every day.